tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. I don't take things out on you. Like, I don't take frustrations outside of here out on you. Usually when I'm being mean to you, it's for something about you. Really? It's on you. Yeah. Like, it's there's no hidden motives. There's no passive aggression. There is there's one, just there, aggression. There's, there's one instance where it didn't have everybody at the station talk, and it had nothing to do with me. We're never going to talk about it again, but there was there was one instance where, yeah, you're going to have to turn your sweater off, dude. That's very <laughs> distracting. Very he's, distracting. He's talking to Tucker Harlan right now, ladies and gentlemen, who Who's is ugly. wearing a light-up Christmas sweater. He looks like he's way too into it. Way too I'm into not it. either. Well, we like Christmas. I mean, those of us who I like do Christmas too. I, I got celebrate. you guys your presents. Where's your present I got you? I took it to my car. Christmas You're is opening it on air, dude. Go get it. All right, I'll go get it during the break. I didn't get a present. So. You know, I told you. I've already spoken with you. you have? Yours was too big to wrap. Oh, whoa! <laughs> too big to wrap. Yeah, it's in the back seat. If it's too big to wrap, what am I going to do with it? I can't tell you. You know, you would have a very good idea of what it what is. What if you and I got each other the same thing? There's no way. I got you a one of a kind present. Oh, okay. All right. Very exciting. I've been working on this for over a year. You would have gotten it last year, but you told me not to get you anything. Yeah, yeah. Just I generally tell everybody not to get me anything. I do the same thing. I've got everything I want, man. I'm a man of simple tastes. If the the things I need, family. You got a whipping boy over here that'll take all your crap. Stop. The things I want are like an eight pack of Diet Dr Pepper. I go and get that for myself. Some of the. Little Debbie Christmas cakes. I went out looking for those last night. They're gone, man. Ain't nobody got those anymore. Uh, yeah, but have you seen the Little Debbie Christmas cake ice cream? I've seen it. I've not had it. Would you be brave enough to try it? Sure. You are a mature thrill seeker. I'll try lots of things. I wouldn't say that I try anything, but I, there are lots of things I'll try. No, man, it, there's, it's been a frustrating day, man. I spent a lot of time in traffic today. A lot of time. I did not. I've had actually a, a, a pretty decent <laughs> good, day. Good for you. I, I've had multiple – this could go on the crap moment of the week thing. I could tie this in tomorrow, too. I, you know about my crap moment from earlier this week. And, like, that's – there's a lot going on. And I had kind of a side Ooh. offshoot, a crap moment within the crap moment. Oh, dear. Today. It's just been one of those days, huh? It's been one of those days. Just one of those days. So, yeah, man. I mean, the, the traffic. I hate traffic. Can I'm I go on a? Can I go on a? Ra- <laughs> I'm sure. not a big fan of it. I I know people say, I, I well, I'm from Atlanta. Well, I lived in L.A. for a, for a while. Like this is nothing. Like okay, I get it. I You're understand cool. Knoxville traffic is not bad compared to other major cities, but I still hate it because. That's one of the things we like about Knoxville is the traffic isn't bad, and usually you can zip-zap wherever you need to go. I, I go to work. I go wherever I got to go, and traffic, unless there's an accident or something, which happens. Like I'm pretty patient when it comes to that sort of thing. But 
traffic the past week or so. I mean, it's getting steadily and steadily worse and worse. And then today is just I was I was in it everywhere. I had to go not to the mall but around the mall, and that was a disaster. And um, well, I mean, there's just, just ways you have to get around. <clears throat> oh yeah, I I went out of my way to circumvent the mall, mall traffic. Yeah, which just. I mean, it, I had to go so far out of my way. It's like, would I have been better off just going straight the normal way and just battling through that traffic? But there's something freeing about, like, I would rather be going a longer route and driving and, right. and actually going than sitting in traffic inching along. That is just so frustrating. I get that way with the, you know, with with the trains coming over here. I did that today. It was one of those long trains. And I'd sat there for like 10 minutes, Russell, and it did the deal where you get about halfway through a mile-long train and then suddenly you see the, another engine and you realize <laughs> yeah. that they had to put it halfway back because this thing's three miles or long. Or like the train starts slowing down. And no, no, no. Then it started slowing Ugh. down two days. Because I was trying to get over to uh, Western Plaza before airtime today, but I just it couldn't make it work. I'll go right after the show. Brutal. But you're here with me and Tucker now. Drive 307 on the... Three best friends anybody could have. Yep. Yep. And we got a big one this afternoon. Ryan Callahan is going to join here in just a few minutes to... Give us a scoop. Yeah, kind of... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's up. much scoop to be had, but just sort of put a bow on everything that happened yesterday and the recruiting and... What's going on with... Not that I'm, you know... It, anything to do with him coming here i'm just now i'm fascinated by it because it's like watching a car crash what's the latest of jordan seaton because i've seen where the the oregon mod said that colorado and maryland well he just didn't sign yesterday are off the table now but if those two are off the table then who's on the table like that's a good question that's a good question for ryan callahan exactly so i'm glad we got him coming on Percy to him coming up here in just a few moments and then coming up in hour number three, this is very exciting, man. We've got the we're ready to announce our new morning show. Of course, there's a lot going on. Uh, I feel like we should do a farewell to Cody McClure here this afternoon, who just walked out of the Fan Run Studios for the the last time, man. It's it's why'd you have to bring it up? It's very sad. Uh, we- So long, Big Mac. Me against the world now down here. We'll we'll remember you. We'll remember you, fella. Also, so what's this? You guys are going out drinking tonight in honor Uh, of Cody? What's this you all? It's you all. Like, I I was asked today. You were were asked, so you do this deal. Half an hour ago. uh, uh, Break the fourth wall here with you were asked a while ago, Russell Trey Wallace. But there was never a time. Like you guys said that we're going to have like a dinner or something for him. That I was never given a date, never a time. It was going to be on today. We were like, as soon as we get off, we're we're all. This is the first I've heard of plants. Was half an hour ago. This is fan run radio, bro. You know how things go around here. The problem is the problem is is, you do no 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 no. Don't interrupt me. The problem is (laughs) you sit out there with your stupid computer doing your stupid show prep, trying to put on a good show, and you completely ignore the peanut gallery and we're all out there, yeah, did you hear what John and Cody did? Uh." Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I yeah, I like to plan ahead and 
I mean, luckily, I I don't think I have anything like scheduled or anything. I, I think I think I can't join. You, you hear this guy talking like he's a damn doctor. Oh, I'm not, but I'm married with children, like multiple kids. A couple of days before Christmas, yeah, I got plans. You want me to smooth it over for you? Yeah, Bear, please. Uh, Help me start off like, like, look, first of all, calm down. Uh huh. Okay. You calm that, down first. This is, I'm talking to my wife. Yeah. Okay. That's a great start. This is going to go over calm really down. well. Yeah. Okay. Then what? Make me a sandwich, something, iron my shirt. You're acting like your mother. Okay. That's another good one. Okay. Yeah. So I get my ass kicked before I come out drinking with you guys. That that's that's yeah, what but you're it'll, aiming it'll for. be hilarious. I come out with a like time. slap mark on the side of my face. <laughs> Nose trickling. Maybe a black blood. eye. Oh, that. Okay. So you're saying you can't spare even ten minutes to come chug a beer with Cody? No, I, that's fine. Russ. I'm saying that I can't. You know you don't love him like the rest it of us. It would have been nice to have a little bit of a heads up beforehand. That's all I'm saying. But no, we got a big announcement. New morning show debuting next year here on Fan Run Radio. Nate Hodges has left the building. Houston Crest is in the transfer portal. Who will be inhabiting the prime real estate 7 to 10 a.m. morning drive time slot? We're going to tell you after the top five at five this afternoon right here on Fan Run Radio. How about that? Kind of feel like Houston's, uh, Houston Seaton. <laughs> he's holding out for an nil deal or either that or walt or uh houston nolan walter caress well it is uh very exciting times here we've got so much going on in the transfer portal right now the recruiting for tennessee uh we got tennessee basketball tonight uh tucker you got to leave here in about two minutes right yeah, to, I to think get so. out there yeah in your light up sweatshirt <laughs> I can't believe you. So you just you waited until you got in here to turn that thing on? No, I did not. I didn't notice it out there. Does it flash or no, does it just stay it, on? It just stays on. Where? What are you reaching for over there? You got some kind of battery pack? You got to turn it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right here. You got to turn. You got an on off button like the for a sweater. Bomber. You're like a bomber over there. Wow. Well, there would it. Would oh, it, would it, <laughs> careful, careful, buddy. Would it uh, disturb you to know that Ryan Shumpert is also partaking in this activity as well? I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, like like you, Rick, and Ryan, look out, ladies. Look out. Tarleton State is in town. John Tarleton State? What are you, what's so funny about that? They're in town. Hope they're ready to assume the position. Did you, barrel. Were, were you aware? I was not aware of this until I was going over the game, game notes earlier today, but there's a familiar face on the John Tarleton bench. Really? Yes. Let me guess. Related to UT? Mm, somewhat. Do we like him? Mm, I, that's a very good question. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, Bear. I honestly don't. All right. Well, hit me. The John Tarleton State Texans are coached by one Billy Clyde Gillespie. Oh, yeah, we did. I thought we talked about that. But they have an acting coach, Joseph Jones, so I don't know if Billy Clyde is going to be here tonight. What's going on with Billy? Billy Clyde, I thought he dried out. 
Um, Charlie Collier says he is sick. They have an interim in place. That's Joseph Jones. I may not want to Joseph come up Joey here, Boy uh, Jones. Just PTSD. I don't want to have too much reckless speculation here, but he's sick. Like, what's going on with Billy Clyde? I don't. Everybody's sick right now. Everybody's sick. Well, this sounds like. I mean, they've got interim coach in the game notes, so this doesn't sound like the flu. If if that were the case, it would just be like he's not on the bench tonight. And uh, this sounds like. Again, reckless speculation. Billy Clyde Gillespie. I, I, I believe it's it's well known that he's a recovering alcoholic, right? Yeah, wasn't that why he got? Yeah, I I think people it's part are, of the problem at Kentucky, right? I don't think that's a big secret. Billy Clyde. I, I hope that's not related. Oh yeah, you never want to see uh, anybody that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. They're, Although you do know my policy. What <laughs> rehabs for quitters. We drank beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. The Tarleton State Texans come in eight and three, two and zero oh in the WAC. Already played two conference games. I did not realize the WAC was still a thing. Yeah, it's just not got any of the familiar teams that you're used to seeing in it, like the Boise States and New Mexico States of the world. Tennessee, a big favorite tonight. What, Twenty-two and a half, I believe, and a half. was where it was sitting at last time I looked. Did you guys see the eggnog video that dropped last night from the basketball team? Yeah. Jonas wasn't having it. That's what I thought of when you called me a mature thrill seeker for offering to sample the – what did you Oh, the Christmas tree cake. Yeah. Ice cream. Drink, I'm a Jonas on this. I ain't, I ain't drinking no eggnog. Me neither. But I think everybody pretty much tried it. I don't think I would even try it. Apparently, Mayshack's a connoisseur and says that nobody is, makes it better than his mother's. The consistency of it is like, problematic. Honest to God, I, I am not lying. Hand on a Bible. I tried one sip one time when I was a kid, and I'm never, ever, ever. Never going back again? No. Fleetwood Mac? It's a great song. Great song. All right. Big show this afternoon, major programming announcement in hour number three. When we continue, Ryan Callahan of Go Vols 247 joins the festivities. Stay with us. It is The Drive, Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. The Drive. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell, Bear, Tucker, Harlan, and you on a Thursday afternoon edition of the show. Yeah, the Christmas shopping thing's frustrating, man. Frustrating. I got multiple things that were supposed to be here including and, are, the, and uh, are not here. The thing? Including, yes. Really? Yes. Multiple things that were ordered plenty of time, like three weeks ago, and they're not here and you email the guy, but you're not even sure if the guy's there. You don't hear back. And so, like, what do you do? I don't know. Is my money just gone? Did I just get scanned? I don't think so. All right. I want to get too frustrated here this afternoon. Let's talk recruiting, because that's never frustrating with no. Ryan Callahan of never. Go Balls 247. Ryan, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing all right. The uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, yesterday, it's, it's weird, right? I mean, the frustration is all in the eye of the beholder when it comes to this recruiting stuff. And, you know, we could sit here and pitch it to Tennessee fans that Josh Heupel's staff doing very well in recruiting, and we could pitch it that they are 
falling short in recruiting. How would you assess what Josh Heupel is currently getting done in roster management, which, of course, you know, encompasses more than just traditional high school football recruiting these days? How would you assess all that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a little bit of both, right? I mean, there's there's no denying that, and that's why you can see it how however you want because there there is both. Uh, this class it, it's still a good class that I think is keeping Tennessee on roughly the same trajectory it was on after last year when everyone was so excited about the class headlined by Nico Iamaliava. In fact, I think when you look at the two classes side by side on paper, what you see is a lot of similarities. Um, you, you see that last year's class obviously had the number two overall player in the country, and that, that's one of the reasons their class ended up being ranked a little bit higher. Obviously, the numbers among all teams vary a little bit year to year, too. Um, but Tennessee, you know, was naturally a little elevated by having that number two overall player in the class. But last year, according to 24-7 sports ratings, one five-star, ten four-stars. This year, two five-stars, nine four-stars. Same number of combined five and four-stars. Mm and actually more five-stars this year. So you can make the case for this class, at least toward the top, being every bit as strong, if not stronger, across the board, just missing that number two overall player. And then, you know, I, I think at the same time, the misses that Tennessee had, and it's there's no denying they had them. Um, you just It's hard to overlook those because earlier this year, back in the spring especially, which is, is granted not the stretch run, you know, in, in the NIL world things get real, usually in the last week or two before a player makes his decision, so it's a little premature to get too excited in the spring. But in the spring, it looked like Tennessee had a real chance at a certainly a top-10 class and maybe even a top-5 class if some things had fallen their way. And, and, in fact, I just went to our class calculator the other day on 24-7 sports, which allows you to play with a bunch of different scenarios. It's kind of fun this time of year. And I just added Jordan Seaton to Tennessee's class, and I think this was before they even added Cole Harrison down the stretch. And at that time, Tennessee was 14th, and just adding Jordan Seaton would have moved Tennessee up to number eight. Um, wow. So it's a reminder that the competition is really tightly packed together right now, and I think NIL's done that. There's more parity across the board. I think that's going to lead to more parity on the field in the coming years. So you know, nobody's able to really stockpile talent on the roster, and no one and few teams are, are completely satisfied with their recruiting class uh, today. Just ask Florida fans, you know, how they're <laughs> feeling right now. Um, it's just a wild, wild uh, recruiting world that we're living in, and no one's completely thrilled with what they get and because no one gets everything they want. Even Alabama fans these days are frustrated by some of the battles they lose, and, and, no, one, um, and no one gets everything. You get some wins, everybody does, but you don't get a lot. And, and so it's, it's tough, it's frustrating for fans, I get it, but I think the big picture is it's a number 13 class, but I don't think you look at it the same way you looked at the number 13 class Ten years ago, I think the number thirteen class now is good enough to keep you competitive, especially when you can patch up whatever holes you might have in that class in the transfer portal pretty easily. You mentioned Jordan Seaton, five-star offensive tackle who committed to Colorado over Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. And for those of us who don't keep have not kept up with every single uh, twist and turn in this saga, uh, enlighten us where that's at because the, the boys here in studio were telling me Ryan that he's still out there. He is still out there, and that was a, that was one of the more interesting things to follow yesterday since there wasn't a whole lot to watch for Tennessee, uh, which, you know, that you can look at that two ways, too. You know, it's, it's good to have a drama-free signing day a lot of times as opposed to what Florida had, um, but there wasn't a lot to follow in terms of potential additions for Tennessee. Um, so that was one of the more interesting storylines that this five-star tackle that committed to Colorado two weeks ago suddenly isn't signing, and there were a few of those guys uh, yesterday. You know, Florida had trouble getting – a couple guys to the finish line that, that were not uh, 
that, that maybe didn't sign as early as they thought, and that led to some drama. So, so there, there are some of those stories, and, and, and that always has happened, but maybe NIL fuels some of that too now. Uh, but, yeah, Seton's still unsigned as of right now, and there was a lot of Maryland buzz yesterday that even though Maryland was never really seen as one of the top contenders, that maybe they were kind of lying in the weeds the whole time. And they, I will remind people, there, there is a little bit of a history of Maryland doing that with homegrown players. So, so Jordan Seaton, even though he played at IMG Academy in Florida this year, is from Maryland and played at Washington, D.C., St. John's College High School before moving to IMG earlier this year. So he would be a homegrown kid for them. And they've kind of been working this one behind the scenes, and apparently he snuck up there for an official visit last weekend when Deion Sanders and company thought he was sitting at home. Um, so th- this is very real with Maryland, and Tennessee has also been in contact with them, but I-, I just don't get the sense there's as much optimism about Tennessee's chances here uh, of pulling some massive upset down the stretch. So I, I wouldn't recommend Tennessee fans get their hopes way up on this one, but, uh, but Maryland is-, is the team that is. If there's going to be anyone that steals them away from Colorado, it might be Maryland right now. So we'll see where that one goes. He's been planning to be an early enrollee, um, so he'll be on campus somewhere next month <laughs> unless something changes. You would think that means he signs by tomorrow at the end of the early signing period at the very least, but he could always just choose to show up on campus wherever he goes. And Nobody says you have to sign a letter of intent, so we'll, we'll see what he does, but nothing would surprise me in that one because it's been such a weird recruitment, including his decision to go to Colorado in the first place when everyone thought he was going to Tennessee, Ohio State, or Oregon a couple weeks ago. All right, well, maybe Tennessee can get him out of the portal here in a year or so. We'll keep an eye <laughs> uh, on There's a chance he could be there for yeah. sure. Ryan Callahan, Go Vols 247 with us this afternoon. Ryan, get back to this class of 2024. Um, is it fair to say that this class is not as good as most of us expected it to be a year ago, coming off 11-2, and two, beating Florida, LSU, Alabama, and Clemson. Because I remember uh, I remember talking to you and, and others, and, and we all thought at the time, it's like, look, most of the recruits from last year and, and the class of 2023 had already committed, and you know you weren't going to see the immediate effects in, during that amazing run that Heupel and the team went on last year, and you were more likely to see that here. And um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people expected top 10 and it doesn't look like that's going to happen yeah and that's that's where i got to remind people that recruiting these days doesn't make as much sense as it should probably i mean michigan is playing for a national championship ranked number one in the country and the last time i looked they have the number 15 class um things just don't add up the way they used to you know it used to if if you had a a good season you were going to have a good class uh you know that that used to be it used to be that simple uh, and now it's it's just not that way because there's so many factors and NIL obviously being one of them in determining where these players go. Miami, not a tremendous season. They got the number three class in the country. Missouri's out here. I mean, they had a they had a good season, but it's still not a school considered to be one that you would think would be just you know racking up guys with NIL. They're going out and winning some big time battles in the portal and for some high school players, getting five star defensive lineman Williams Winery, a guy that Tennessee wanted earlier this year to stay in state. Um, so it's, it's just a, it's a kind of nonsensical world in that way. So I think it's just that that's definitely part of it. Um, and yeah, that, that is, I think why there is some sense of disappointment from Tennessee fans, because like you said, this was the class that you built on the heels of that 11 and two season last year. They got off to a really good start, had some early commitments from guys like Caleb Beasley, Marcus Gorey, Jonathan Eccles early on who ended up going elsewhere, you know, but some highly ranked guys early on, that gave them a nice foundation, and they got off to a pretty good start going into the summer, too. Um, it's just the summer did not go as well as it could have. They had some big misses like williams Winery, 
like Kamarion Franklin, um, guys like Ryan Wingo, the five-star receiver who ended up with Texas. You know, they went elsewhere, kind of fell by the wayside. And then in the fall, you had some misses, too. After those went sideways in the summer, you, you missed out on guys like Cam, Cam Michael, the four-star athlete from South Georgia. He picked Colorado over Tennessee in late November. Jordan Seaton, uh, even guys like Chris Cole, the four-star linebacker who's a teammate of Tennessee running back signing Peyton Lewis, picked Georgia over Tennessee earlier in the season. So just some – it was, it was it wasn't any one player but it was just it was just kind of all all these misses throughout the year kind of piled up because Tennessee never really found one of those big splashes that could offset those losses and so it's a class that's kind of one or two big players short of being really special um, but it's still a good class top to bottom when you look at it it's just missing that one or two other pieces that could have kind of pushed them over the top and made this one of their better classes in recent years how much hope, if any, should we be holding out for um, the defensive lineman from uh, Texas A&M who was committed from Louisiana, who was committed to Texas A&M, who's still out there? Yeah, Dominic McKinley. That's that's a really interesting one. It's it's one of those that that maybe we should look at a little bit the same as as what Tennessee tried to pull off with Kentucky tight end signee Willie Rodriguez, where Tennessee's kind of jumping in there late. Uh, they they've got some other. Or uh, he, he's looked at some other options. He, he's it looks like he's not going to sign during the early signing period. Obviously, the the coaching change at Texas A and M kind of leading to that. So the Aggies still could easily hold on to him. You know, he's still got to get to know that new staff, see if he wants to still be there without the relationships on staff that he's had before. And then you know, Texas is a school that was a strong contender for him the first time around. They're still very much in the picture. Oklahoma as well, and then LSU, of course, the home state school. They didn't get an official visit before he committed to Texas A&M, so they will get the first official visit next month after the dead period ends. So LSU still a, a real threat. I think Texas still a real threat. Maybe Oklahoma too. So Tennessee, you know, realistically, they're one of the five or so teams really in there right now. And then the other tricky part about this, we'll see if any other teams get involved after early signing day. You know, sometimes teams reassess their classes see where they are, and, and decide to go after guys like that just because there aren't many big names left out there. So there always could be a, another team that enters the picture uh, in the final weeks. But, but right now they're at least in the picture and, and getting an official visit, it looks like. As of right now, they're talking about him visiting the weekend of January 20th. So there's a chance. Uh, as long as he gets on campus and, and makes it to Tennessee, th- there's a possibility that, that that one could work out. It's just you know, right now probably not a high percentage chance just because there are a few teams that have been in that one for longer than Tennessee that have really strong relationships and are a little bit closer to home in most cases. So I, I would, I would not get put all the eggs in the basket uh, for for fans there getting their hopes up. But at the same time, he's the one big name out there that could obviously swing things for this class and and, and make the, uh, this class a top ten class. So you know, crazier things have happened, but right now I would say they're they're at least underdogs in that race for now. Ryan Callahan with us this afternoon on the program. Tennessee's class uh, ranks thirteenth over at 247 Sports. Dot com And, Ryan, when you look at the 21 uh, high school commitments and, and the junior college guy that Tennessee's got, uh, um, are there any guys, aside from the, the portal guys, that you expect to make an impact as true freshmen next season? Yeah, I, I, that's going to be really interesting with this class because I think in the past two classes there, there haven't been as many opportunities because Tennessee had such a veteran-loaded team. Obviously, some of those guys are finally headed out now, at least at some positions, but then not at others. You know, the, se- the seniors on the offensive line are, are largely sticking around. The defensive line still pretty loaded with veterans. 
So some some places it's it's going to be hard for these guys to get on the field right away. Other places, like the secondary, maybe there's a little more manageable path now with some of those guys gone. So maybe a Boo Carter in the secondary could find his way onto the field. And then I, I always look to just the top guys in the class because they they tend to you know talent rises obviously and 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 Mike Matthews and Jordan Ross guys like that might be tough to keep off the field in some form or fashion. Uh, I could see Jordan Ross maybe being a rotational guy. Rodney Garner has shown that he's willing to get young guys that are talented onto the field if they show they're ready. So we saw a little bit of Caleb Herring and David Hobbs this year. You know, maybe a similar role for Jordan Ross could be possible next year. So I think someone like that. And then Mike Matthews, I don't think he will be a starter probably day one as long as Brew McCoy comes back because there's not a huge opportunity for a lot of guys to, to shake up the starting lineup there uh, with a couple starters returning. But he could easily find his way onto the field, and I think he's certainly talented enough to do that. So there are certainly a few that – they could easily find their way onto the field. It's just going to be probably more of a rotational role for a lot of those guys as true freshmen, uh, unless we see something completely different from this staff. But what we've seen, just the way the roster makeup has been, maybe this staff's preferences, they've kind of leaned more on veterans so, so far and not played a ton of true freshmen. So unless, until I see something different, I would probably assume it's going to be more of just situational roles as opposed to you know full-time starters for those true freshmen. Ryan, you know, when I'm looking at the state rankings on – Two four seven sports and um, you know they're the top three guys in the state according to two four seven and I know these you know we revisit revisit these rankings here in three or four years and see how it panned out but uh, Andre Evans goes to Georgia the number one player in state Amari F- Jefferson goes to Alabama Elijah Groves to to NC State don't know how hard Tennessee pushed there but do you think Tennessee is doing well enough recruiting within the volunteer state borders. I'm glad you brought that up because if you look at the top 10 and, and, and looking at the 24-7 sports state rankings, you know we, we had Andre Evans still at number one, Amari Jefferson two, Elijah Groves three. Just those three guys are a good example of this, but sometimes the state rankings don't reflect Tennessee's board, and so the state mm-hmm. rankings can be somewhat misleading to, to assess whether Tennessee got what they wanted in state. Andre Evans, as you said, he was committed to LSU originally and flips to Georgia, so a couple major programs had him committed and obviously wanted him. Tennessee didn't pursue him. Uh, They offered him earlier in his recruitment. They were involved there at times earlier, his junior year, but but the final year of his recruitment, they weren't a factor at all and didn't really push for him at all. So, um, And certainly in the last six months, they weren't a contender. So that's one that you can't really say was a loss for Tennessee, but we'll see if that evaluation turns out to be uh, a, a good one in the long run. Elijah Groves, another guy they didn't offer him. Uh, he was committed to Kentucky, ended up flipping to NC State, uh, but he is number three in our state rankings. And then a little further down, you know, number 10, uh, they, they had uh, uh, Kobe Smith that's committed to Duke, another guy Tennessee didn't offer, and then Mason Curtis from Ensworth comm- uh, signs with Michigan. A guy Tennessee, I think, offered early in the process, but never really got heavily involved. So four of the top 10 players in the state, Tennessee basically let go. Uh, without pursuing them so the state rankings don't necessarily tell the full story but the misses there Amari Jefferson Max LeBlanc those those were two Tennessee did want so there were some guys in this class that they missed out on and then Jaron Sensabaugh on Tuesday now a four-star on 24-7 sports Missouri comes in and gets the last visit and pulls him away from Tennessee out of Innsworth and Nashville so a few misses there not a perfect year for Tennessee in state Good overall because I think they got some in-state players that are going to play a lot for them over the next few years. But just, yeah, not a perfect year because a few did get away that I think certainly had a chance to be pretty good players for them. Hey, Ryan, really appreciate your time. Last thing here, we'll let you run. And 
you know, just looking ahead to next year. In, in 2025, uh, looks like, according to 247, seven four-star prospects, no five-stars. Uh, we know they're in good shape so far with the number one player in the state, George McIntyre, the quarterback from Brentwood Academy. Um, what are the priorities for Josh Heupel and staff moving forward as we start to look at the class of 2025? Yeah, it definitely will start in state. And obviously, you know, you mentioned uh, Jake Merklinger earlier, a guy that's almost overlooked in this class. I think is one of the nicer pickups in this class because it's so tough to follow up a big time quarterback like Nico Iamaliava with a quality one the next year. You know, you're not going to get a five star usually in back to back classes. That's not, that doesn't happen often, if at all. And for them to get a guy like Merklinger in, in, in that class, really good job, I think. But, but that means 2025, Tennessee's going to be looking for a big-time guy. So you obviously start with George McIntyre. He's a huge priority for Tennessee. If they don't get him, you know, they, they, they have to pivot elsewhere at the quarterback position. But they certainly uh, – their preference is obviously to keep him in state. And he's one of the most uh, – well, let's face it, one of the highest-recruited quarterbacks so far uh, that this state's produced in the modern era. It would be right up there with, uh, with Ty Simpson, if not a little bit above him. We'll see how that shakes out in the long run. But big-time priority for Tennessee there. Cameron Sparks out of Chattanooga, another major priority, top 100 player. Ethan Utley, a four-star defensive lineman from Ensworth that Tennessee's already heavily involved with. Four-star safeties, Jalen Morgan and, uh, and Jalen Mosley. Uh, Morgan from Rockvale, Mosley from Jackson. Those guys heavily involved with Tennessee already. Uh, Joe Kim Dodson, a wide receiver out of Collierville just outside of Memphis. So several guys in state that Tennessee's already made priorities. And then just generally outside the state, just kind of position by position, I think you're still going to see Tennessee, you know, obviously defensive line's got to be a big priority. A lot of seniors headed out after this year. They, they still need to continue to build depth on the offensive line. And then wide receiver, to me, we'll see what they do in the transfer portal there. But really, back-to-back classes with only two wide receiver signees, to me, that's a position they've got to address a little more heavily. And if they don't add another tight end at some point this offseason, probably would look to sign two in 2025. So there are definitely some some clear needs at, at certain positions. But to me, it's you know again i think in the transfer portal era we we have to look at classes a little differently to me the depth part not as important because you can patch that up in the portal to me it's all about the top half of your class do you have those big time players that are going to stick around and define that class and it obviously starts with quarterback these days if there's going to be parity in college football the teams with the elite quarterbacks are going to prevail i I think george mcintyre is going to go a long way toward deciding how that class turns out for tennessee Ryan, really appreciate the time, my man. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Always appreciate you jumping on with us, and I'm sure we'll do it starting next year. Look at that class of 2025. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, Russell. Appreciate it. Thank you. Ryan Callahan, Go Vols 247, breaking it down, and I'm already looking lustfully at this class of 2025. Are you? Yeah. Uh, my ears perked up when he said Collierville. Why? I don't know. I feel like uh, some of our better players come from uh, like that who? general area. Oh, that's right. Miley's from Milan, wasn't he? It's that general area. Collierville, Milan. Cam Sparks down at Baylor. Dude looks like a player. 6'3", 210. Receiver, DB. He's going to be big. Who's, number, who's projected to be number one next year? McIntyre. We can get another quarterback like that? Yeah. Why not? Josh Heupel. I do like how you, you know what he was saying about parody and. Yeah, I think it'll be good for the sport, man. Yeah, 
but you either have a quarterback. It's just like the NFL. You either have a quarterback or you don't. Well, but you're also not going to have these situations where remember we got Manning and Stewart, Clawson and John Rattay in the in like the same class. Remember, I forgot Rattay was here. Remember, we would sign multiple quarterbacks several times. They would sign two. Like you're not going to do that. Well, look at Alabama. At one point, they had what? They had Tua, Jalen, Mac, Mac. But I think that's going to be rare, and rare. like people aren't going to wait their turn, and so that's going to give other the schools. Missouri's, the yeah. Kansas States, the Texas Techs of the world opportunities to get quarter. And the, those schools have all had fine quarterbacks before, but now, like they're going to have even better quarterbacks, which you would think would lead to more parity. Yeah, which I'm looking forward to in a 12-team playoff. Just oh sure, it's going to make it access opportunity more exciting, my friend. Quick timeout. The Drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. We're back with more right after this. The, the drive. drive. Let's pass hot and white. This act's gonna be this long and white. Who comes around on special night? This act comes around on special night. Special night. Yeah, that's white. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Fan Run Radio. The Drive continues. Russell Bear back with you. Tucker Harlan cruising with us in his lit-up sweater. <laughs> Ryan Callahan, go Vols 247. Bear, what did you learn? I mean, we were kind of already talking about it. Um, this is a 2025 class. Who was it? I, I missed it. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. Got a little choked up there. Um, Still sad about Cody. Yeah, why'd you have to bring it up again, man? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I slip in a black depression. Um who is the player who? Oh, he considered us underdogs. Is that Seton? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're getting him. But I do Wonder, think you, you I, circle back next year. Wherever he's going, he's not he's, going he won't for, stay long. There for long. No. no, this is this is this is weird. This is one of the weirder ones in years. It's pretty weird. What about the kid that's got Tennessee ties, Evan uh Stewart? Stewart. What's the deal with him? I haven't heard a whole lot of big rumblings on Evan Stewart. He's a great receiver, though, yeah, right? Yeah, he is. I'm just not sure how he would mold together with what Tennessee's got at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the it's weird. You used to – I remember Butch Jones used to talk about wanting 15 receivers, and then he would only use three. Remember, he would have like 15 receivers on roster. I think oh, yeah. Heupel, I was – adding them up in my head i could be off by one or two but i think like he right now we got like seven i think we got eight hmm. including walk-ons or pwos or, or just it, it might be seven and, and then if we get brazil it'll be eight but i mean i mean we really don't i'm not him. he doesn't really rotate him no and i i don't i don't see that as a problem i don't see many teams when you when you start to look at it um other universities and and definitely in the pros People don't rotate their receivers no. a whole lot. You got I, your you got your I number think, one, your number two, and your number three. Yeah, I think you want to have four or five dudes here so that if a guy gets hurt, you can yeah. you don't drop a beat. And, you know, hopefully you've got some young guys in the wings so you can rotate through as the years go along. Get them some but, experience, but sure. I, yeah, I don't think you have to have a dozen receivers on your roster anymore. No. Where Botch would have like twelve or thirteen guys. We need more. We're dangerously thin at wide receiver. Butch Jones is ass. Yeah. And then he di he didn't recruit a whole lot of linemen, and we ended up with kids 
Uh, they're the one that always. I mean, poor Brett Kendrick. I mean, those kids. I, I saw. Uh, uh, I mean that that kid from like the knees down, his legs were purple. Speaking of Brett Kendrick, where is Brett now? I'm not sure. He had a cup of coffee with the Lions. Not sure what he's doing, but uh, Jason on Twitter says, "Tell Bear Milan's DBs couldn't cover a wet blanket. See Charlie High's stats against them in the state championship games. Charlie C -A -K High, C A K, the hell out here, C A K, back to back last yeah. teams to beat Alcoa. Yeah, isn't Charlie High still like the nation's all-time passing leader? I would imagine that's a quarterback from Texas now." Look that up for us, Tucker. Tucker, you ever going to open my Christmas present to you? I will. Tucker, you ever figure out now. what hanging chads means? Yes, it has something to do with an election in Florida in the 2000s. Something to do with an election in Florida. It, was it like sound one like of it's some single... random election. It's like one of the biggest things that's this country ever happened was... in the history of presidential oh, politics. Oh, okay, it has to do with Gore and Bush then. I mean, up until a few years ago, with the whole January 6th thing, whatever happened there, uh... It was the biggest thing in American presidential politics. I mean, it went to the Supreme Court, dude. Of the United States. I was taking. I was at UT then when all that was going on so back in 2000. I. And I, things got heated. That's the first uh, election I ever voted. I ever voted in. The, really? Yep. Yeah, the first election I ever voted in was the January 6th one. I think my first really? one was. Well, yeah, because that was. Who'd when you I, vote for? I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Why not? I know better than to do that. We don't. Want you want to know who I voted for in two thousand? I'll tell you. Who do you think I voted for in two thousand? Hmm. <laughs> w. He's like, how do I not offend him? <laughs> w. Well, that's true. You think I voted for Dubs? We, we, you are Dubsy on the show. Al Gore is from the state of Tennessee. You know that, how I love my home it, state. Exactly. Though. So I that's what makes it difficult. The internet. What if I told you I didn't vote for either one? Oh. Oh, my God. Uh, you voted for Nader. Uh, no, no. I voted for Harry Brown. Who the hell is Harry Brown? I'm not really sure. I just remember the name. I think he was, I don't know if he was libertarian or just some independent guy, but, you know, I, I knew everything back then, and I didn't want to, I wasn't going to be a part of the corporate system. It was too cool to vote for Republican or Democrat, so I voted for dumbass Harry Brown just wasted my vote just set it on fire just like a losing bet just set that vote on fire worthless my first was what 92 you voted for Clinton didn't you hell yeah I was dating this hippie yeah, chick you, she told me to Shea Guabera <laughs> probably voted about 17 <laughs> times for Clinton she, it had nothing to do with that hey speaking of ballots do with that good looking hippie girl I was dating at the time speaking of ballots I have some news for us who makes their who votes based on what a woman wants them to do? Was she was she behind the curtain with you? Like if you don't pull the lever for Clinton, you're never getting any again. No, no. You vote for whoever you want. I was a, just completely under her spell. Be a man and vote for HW, and tell that hippie broad with the hairy armpits that you voted she didn't for Clinton. Have hairy armpits. And her Birkenstocks smell like patchouli. A little bit. Oh, she sounds hot. She was. What do you have, Tucker? Rick Barnes <laughs> is on the ballot for the Daysmith Basketball Hall of Fame in 2024. Hey, First Hall time of Fame on the ballot. Coach. 
Hall, active Hall of Fame coach. Stick that in your pipe uh, and smoke it. Phil, the Barnes Jamie, Poli Joe, all of the Barnes. Turtle bashers. Jamie is not going to handle that one very well if he handles it at all. The tortoise. Is he in a corner somewhere right now? Is he going to sucking his thumb? Open is, the present. Is he going to stick his head out of the tortoise shell and go oh, tear that thing open in front of the mic? I wanted some some natural sound all right, there. Yeah, Let's get it for us. Wrap it and everything. Oh. Is that a Belk box? Yes. Belk? Okay. Did they wrap it for you, Bear? No. Did you get them clothes? Maybe. Looks like it. Got you clothes? Yes. What, is he dressing you now? He got you a patterned shirt. Yeah, I did. About that. Dude, that looks like, uh, we're going to call that the Dorothy shirt. That's what uh, that's what Dorothy wore in Wizard of Oz. That'll look good when you're over there at one of your press uh, things. Thank you, Bear. I want you to start <laughs> dressing nice. You're representing me and Russ now. <laughs> I do wear the fan run apparel. Don't worry. Well, yeah, you but you got a nice have, shirt. I got you a very nice shirt. Well, thank you, Bear. You, did he get it's you an XL? Size? XL yeah, is that good I'll for wear you? XL. Do you really okay. like it? You can take I, it back. No, I man, I like receipt. it. You it's get a good. good receipt. It's nice. It Not does okay. look like Dorothy's dress. That's amazing. A little bit. They've got some different colors. If you just want to exchange it, blue's not your color. Have you ever read what they did to her? To uh, Dorothy? Oh, yeah, they like taped her breasts down, right? Yeah, that, and she was only allowed to eat um, like chicken broth, coffee, and I read a story about it yesterday. They recommended that they had her smoking 80 cigarettes a day. It's healthy. Wow. You remember the snow or whatever it was? That's why boys had that Lauren Bacall thing much later. She sounded like this in her 60s. Well, yeah. Um, the stuff that in the poppy fields or whatever, you know, the stuff that was falling like snow, that was asbestos. Yeah. Mm. What did she die of? Judy Garland? Was she alcoholic? Oh, yeah. Is that liver failure or something like that? I don't know. You can have to look it up. What Judy Garland die from? <laughs> You're oh, getting yours. At, uh, a- I'll, I'll bring it in here. Of a dark way to end the show. She died at 47. Damn. That's young. Yeah, way young. young. What'd she die from? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find it. Her Wikipedia page is huge. Apparently, she was a gay icon. Did you know that? Yeah, her and Liza. Was she gay? I don't think so. She was found dead in the bathroom of rented house. Uh, coroner stated cause of death was incautious self-overdosage of barbiturates. Woo! Went out on a heater. Stay with us. The Drive continues. Fan Run Radio, hour number two, coming up. The Drive. Built in Tennessee.